Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Today, my name is Terry Fletcher. So we are at the 268th episode, if you can believe that. We have just under 450,000 downloads and, and subscribers, and so we're very excited to be here. Also, as a reminder, if you have a minute and can send us a review, or I should say post a review and a rating at Apple, iTunes, uh, at Amazon, podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be great. Uh, The last one we had was about a year ago, and as far as an actual written review, and uh, we do have several hundred uh, ratings, but we really are trying to boost those numbers and Apple looks. So between that and Amazon and iHeart and Spotify and you name it, we, we really could use some reviews and just to keep us current. So thank you very much again. I know a lot of people were posting their Spotify challenge that came out. I t- decided not to do that. I like just telling you on here and not really putting it on social media too much. Just when we get some pretty big milestones, you'll see me put the, the total download. So with almost, I think we had 435,000. So that was pretty exciting for this month or for the, for where we're at right now with totals. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, as you know, my audits take a lot of my time and we're really getting into training for ENM. I think I've done a couple of webinars on that so far live and I just finished my on demand for the 2023 ENM update, which includes all the hospital. And there are some things that you'd be surprised about. So if you haven't taken your training yet for the uh, 2023 ENM, please go to my website at terryfletcher.net and make sure you get the um, the new one that's on demand that you can download and look at any time. But one of the things that I wanted to really talk about today is an element of ENM that continues to stump many uh, auditors, many coders, and also many providers. Because I think from what I see, there's some assumptions taken or some or I should say some lack of documentation when this is used to level a uh, an ENM. And I just want to basically put you in the auditor seat and say, this is what you need to find, or this is what you need to see in the record before you give credit for a moderate visit. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about with prescription drug management. So a lot of people say, oh my gosh, this is so challenging because all my doctor says is continue meds and can I use that? Well, it really depends on the payer, but Medicare actually has come up with some uh, options for what they'd like to see in the note. Uh, As I also put in there uh, some things that are uh, best practices, but I really would like to have you look at this as a challenge and opportunity to educate your providers for the appropriate documentation of prescription drug management because it continues to be such a headache when we see a lot of our providers trying to automatically say this is a level four uh, visit when we're not seeing enough enough information for the management part of prescriptions with the patient. So doctors need to know that simply adding the current medication list to the progress note that is not adequate for the risk of complication to the patient, for the element of morbidity and mortality of the patient management. And I'm going to continue to say management until you're sick of it, because that's really what we're talking about here. And whenever I find that there is a 
I don't want to say a struggle, but let's just say a, a tug of war with myself and maybe a provider that we're, we're not on the same page when it comes to a defined um, element. I go back to the basics. I go back to my dictionary and say, okay, let's look up management. What does that say to find the specifics of what you can support? And remember, it's, it's not getting by with, you know, well, technically I'm correct because you never want to play defense. And that's what you'd be doing if you are technically correct and you are asked for a CERT audit or for a a TPE audit. Technically correct is not going to get you anywhere. They're going to say, well, and I've seen Medicare do this now, especially in in some um, the UPIC audits. They're saying, well, the spirit of the rule. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the spirit of the rule. So we have national coverage policies. We have local coverage policies. Obviously, we have CPT language that we also try to use in some of our audits with Medicare and with other payers. But now we're having to know what the spirit or what the thought process is are for uh, CMS and for HHS, that makes it very challenging. So here's where you can actually be proactive, uh, look at best practices to keep you not only uh, compliant, but have a policy in your practice that this is what we wanna see. And if we see this as a coder biller compliance person, we know, and I'm talking about you that, that submit claims, we know that we can support your efforts um, in your documentation. So doctors need to know that, again, simply adding that, medically, uh, that medicine list is not adequate enough. Prescription drug management is based on documented evidence that the physician has evaluated medications as part of a service that is provided today. So the, the day of the encounter, not something that you just look at and think, okay, well, all of the medicines are there, so that's enough. It's not. Physicians should make, and providers, and when I say providers, I mean physicians, MD, DOs, but also our mid-levels, because obviously that's a very big provider population for us. But you should make a direct connection between the medication that's prescribed to the patient and the work that was performed on the day of the clinic visit. So here's an example. Stable hypertension, continue Valsartan, 10 milligrams, will refill four months until next follow-up visit. That's it. That's all you'd have to say to be able to get management. First of all, you're relating it to a chronic condition that you are managing the patient for. And what you're doing to manage that is you're giving them medication. And right now you're going to refill. Even if you don't need to refill, you could have said something like stable hypertension, continue Valsartan 10 milligrams. Patient is not in need of refills right now. We will check on next follow-up visit. Taking medication as directed. Things like that. What if you said, you know, taking a patient is being counseled on taking medication as directed as we have found patient has gaps in her medication dispense. And you can even add a social determinant of health if it's applicable, um, which would help support a level four if you need it, um, that the patient can't afford their medication. So things like that are really important in supporting the prescription drug management. Simply stating that the medicine list was reviewed does not meet the definition of prescription drug management. I don't care who tells you it does, it doesn't. So it would have been helpful, I'm just going to continue with this thought process, if the 2021 documentation guidelines for the new uh, visits um, for office and outpatient had provided a definition within the guidelines of the Rx management 
to put to rest the ambiguity within the auditing world, but they didn't. And now we're dealing with a huge overhaul with the 2023 guidelines. And so now we're dealing with the Medis- uh, Medicare administrative contractors or the MAC carriers, so the local payers for uh, the Medicare. And they have published guidance on this topic. And remember, published guidance is great. Otherwise, it's just opinion. And I'm going to quote from Noridian. I'm in California, and that is where we are as far as our uh, MAC provider. And their guidance states, and I'm quoting, prescription drug management is the initiation, continuation, discontinuation, or modification of any prescription medication. It does not include medications that are over-the-counter and prescriptions that are only prescribed for insurance benefits. How interesting was that? I actually didn't read that until recently because that was an update. And then so you need to keep in mind that patient convenience and reimbursement rules never make such determinations. So a key word in the description that causes confusion is the word management. So oftentimes you as a coder, maybe, you know, an auditor, um, you hear the word management and maybe you think that just means the patient's been on that prescription for a long time. So a long-term use, but let's look up the word and it actually has three or four different definitions. But if you look at the fourth definition, it talks about how it relates to healthcare and it says management in healthcare is defined as the coordination and administration of tasks to achieve a goal. Well, that is what prescription drug management is. We're giving a patient a script so that we can achieve a goal of stability and treat a a problem. So how do you determine if it's management? First of all, did it require prescriptive authority? So did the physician have to write a prescription? And secondly, and this is a big one, is your provider, the one seeing the patient today, the provider of record managing that prescription? Or are they just documenting that their patient's taking it? So again, I would go back to what the patient's chronic conditions are or acute conditions are. And if you can document that relationship to that prescription and the current status of that prescription, now you have management. But just continue meds, that doesn't work. So you may have a payer that says, oh yeah, that works for us. Go, you, It's up to you if you want to take that business risk, but I'm just going to give you best practices. Try to have language that reflects the the thought process and the linkage between the problems addressed and then the management of that prescription drug if you are trying to bill for a level four visit. Otherwise, you're going to just run into so many issues. And that, you know, that basically brings us back to what belongs in a clinic note. So, you know, physicians are writing their progress notes for many reasons. First of all, um, to remind us what we found, what we said, what they did. They are trying to communicate to other clinicians, again, what they found, said, and did. So they they have a continuity of care. They're trying to get paid for their services and support that with medical necessity. Also engage their patients in their care. Part of the record is because you're having a conversation, you're, you're asking a history, you're uh, in a history of present illness, you're trying to figure out, you know, um, an inventory of what's going on with the patient, you're, you're dealing with exam elements, and then here's what we're going to do. And then to prove that you practice quality care, that's also part of that clinic note. And finally, it's to defend against any medical liability claim. And if you're trying to build that you're managing that prescription, and then you don't have anything that reflects that management, just a list, try being legally sound on that. You're going to have a really tough time with any payer 
trying to support that. And so that's why I wanted to focus on that today, because I think there is always some confusion. There's always some difference of opinion on what prescription drug management is. And for anybody listening today, here's what I always try to say. And I actually on the different podcasts I'm on, whether it be with Sean Weiss on the compliance guy with our Terry Tuesdays, or our our, uh, roundtable discussions that we're on, or even if I'm on Talk 10 Tuesday, and of course, on my CodeCast, is that you don't always want to be in the position where you have to defend what you do. You want to be proactive so that you're fine with them looking at your records. You're fine with anybody that asks you for uh, records to audit. And you want to make sure that you've got a clean claim that goes out and not a claim that could be suspect. So technically correct is not always the way to go. Best practices is better. Take, you know, take those, um, those comments, those uh, legal published guidance you get, the local coverage policies, the, um, the recommendations from, let's say, like I said, with Noridian or Novitas or any of your uh, Medicare providers, take those recommendations, even if they're just published guidance and not necessarily um, coverage decisions, and put them into your compliance plan and your compliance program as best practices. This is what we are going to do as a clinic. And if you do that, you'll be really ahead of the game as far as protection. So I'm going to do a couple more of these where we call it, you know, you're the auditor. And I think next week, I'm going to talk about some of the 2023 um, updates. Now, I don't want to do it as a webinar form because I have that webinar, as I mentioned, but there's some elements in there that you need to be aware of. And one of them in particular is the fact that they took out, they, AMA, took out the chief complaint out of the uh, documentation guidelines. So we're going to talk about what that means and what you're going to look for now. And then also talking about some data point issues when it comes to counting an order versus a review versus something you build for. So just know I'm going to make you the auditor in the next couple of podcast episodes so that when you're listening in, it just gives you some food for thought on what you're looking for to make sure that you're compliant. The CodeCast podcast is also brought to you today by Citibank Credit Cards. Explore City's credit card offers featuring exclusive perks and benefits to reward your spending. City.com. So my personal tidbit today is kind of fun. Um, We started a new streaming show, my husband and I, and I tried to watch Yellowstone. For those of you that like it, I tried episode one. I even tried episode two. I couldn't do it. Just wasn't my cup of tea. So we switched to a Netflix show. And actually, I can't wait for the next season. But it started this year in 2022. And it's called Lincoln Lawyer. And it's just so good. So it was, I think, uh, 14 episodes for the first season. And the, the next season starts in January. But if you get a chance and you don't know, you know, something you want to watch and you're tired of commercials and you just want to watch something on a streaming, go to Netflix and try Lincoln Lawyer. It's really good. So now in saying that, and we're now into December, I hope everyone is at least started their Christmas shopping or their Hanukkah shopping, their Kwanzaa shopping, and just whatever uh, area you are when you're celebrating your holidays. So we're all looking forward to that. Just had my lights put up on the outside of my house and now uh, our my tree goes up this week. So everyone enjoy that process and ha- make it a great day, a great rest of your week. And I'll talk to you next time on the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. 
podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>